Ciao, my name is Umberto Mucci and this is We the Italian News, a weekly podcast about Italy. Today is Thursday, March 2, 2023. Dear friends, sometimes the episodes of We the Italian News force me to talk to you about current events. And when this happens, it is often, almost always, a very sad current event. This is the case today when I can't help but briefly mention yet another tragedy that happened in the sea near the southern coast of Italy, trying to leave out all the grand but frankly also unacceptable political controversies and fights. A few days ago, a boat full of desperate people who left Turkey in search of a better future capsized near the coast of Calabria. There are currently 67 dead, including some young people and even children. But the number of missing people whose bodies will probably never be found is also still high. The final death count could exceed 100 lives lost. A tragedy, as I said. This is not the first and unfortunately it will not be the last. I won't be telling you about the bouncing of responsibilities between different institutions. I'm not in a position to tell you whether this disaster could have been avoided, most likely yes. And I don't want to go deep into the different political positions. Once again, I never do. I just thank the President of the Republic, Sergio Mattarella, who is in Crotone right now, today, to do two fundamental things. To pay his and our respect at the funeral home set up in the sports hall with 67 coffins lined up of the poor victims of this new horrible shipwreck that leaves all of us grieved and very sad and to thank the many Italians who in these days are doing all they can to recover their bodies, treat and relieve the pain of the injured and help them get through the hell they have experienced and are experiencing. Now these days also mark three years since the beginning of Covid in Italy. Every day there is an anniversary and in particularly uh, those of these very days are about the things that happened at the beginning of the pandemic, which was first discovered in Lombardy. And it was from Lombardy that news came yesterday that caught unprepared all Italians except the relatives of those who were killed by Covid three years ago at the beginning of the nightmare. Life in Italy has moved on and frankly few of us remembered that there was an investigation by Lombard judges that grew out of complaints by relatives of the first citizens of the Bergamo area who died from Covid. Yesterday the investigation was concluded and the first decisions were taken. Among the 17 persons that have received a notice of investigation, which are not yet indictments, it is important to stress this, are politicians and scientists advising institutions. All the people who suddenly and without having precise guidelines or information from where the virus started, China, found themselves managing the worst health emergency in the last hundred years, since Italy was the first Western country where the virus began to strike. According to what the judges said, the investigations would have established serious omissions by health authorities in the assessment of epidemic risks and in the management of the first phase of the pandemic. These omissions would have brought to some measures involving those who three years ago were the top leadership of the Italian government and of the Lombardy region. The investigation reconstructs the fact from January 5, 2020, 
when the WHO had issued the global alert to all countries, which, by the way, everybody uh, listened, but uh, nobody thought that uh, it could happen here too. And the investigation covers three levels, one strictly local, one regional, and the third national. In particular, the subject of the complaints and the investigation are the failure to set up a red zone in the Bergamo area, equal to the one set up in the Lodi area, another Lombardy province, and to severe uh, uh, and and to update the pandemic plan, which had not been updated since 2006, uh, and also the failure to implement the existing one, even though it was dated, but that could have contained COVID transmission anyway, according to the evidence collected by the judges. According to these investigations, the errors uh, would cost nearly 6,000 deaths that could have been avoided. Now, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a judge. Uh, I didn't read the thousands of uh, pages of the investigation. I, I must admit, I think I, I it, would be, it would be unfair for me to talk superficially about these things without having had to make impossible decisions under conditions of great emergency, which were the conditions uh, three years ago. However, I also think that the relatives of those Italians who died at the beginning of the pandemic have the right to know if there are responsibilities that caused losses that could have been avoided. Also, on this issue, once again, I'm leaving out the political polemics, fights that honestly probably sometimes belong more to the category of vultures than to those who are committed to improving the country. We've seen that. Now, according to a research published by a major Italian web portal, let's change the subject, one in three Italians with, with percentages reaching 42% in the 50, 25 to 34 age group are considering a new career. Analysis of the ads by Italian companies looking for personnel shows that there is no shortage of opportunities, but the needs are fairly well defined. In first place among the professionals sought by Italian companies is the purchasing office clerk who prepares orders, keeps tracks of purchases and supplies, and in parallel handles inquiries about orders. <clears throat> in second place are electromechanical and mechanical maintenance workers, that is, those responsible for maintaining and repairing various types of machinery or electrical mechanisms. In third place is the pharmacist, who in the post-pandemic era has become an even more vital resource. In fourth place is the HR generalist, that is the person responsible for the day-to-day -day management of the HR department, human resources. Next is the plant engineer, who is responsible for the installation of computer systems, air conditioning and carpentry. If you have any of this specific knowledge or expertise, know that there may be a job here for you here in Italy. And after heavy news like today's, especially the first two, I found three small pieces of good news that allow me to end this episodes, episode with a little relief, even though things like those told at the beginning are impossible to forget. The first good news is that consumption in Italy is returning to pre-COVID levels. As of January 2023, the market trend sees a recovery of plus 8.4% compared to January 2019. More specifically, food service continues to gain positions even behind the black period of the health emergency and closing at plus 10.4%, followed by non-food retail at plus 10.3%. Let's hope it'll continue in this direction. 
The second good news is about the strength and importance of being able to have an Italian passport. According to a new uh, passport index created by VisaGuide.World, which is the first ever to rank world passports in a more comprehensive and accurate way, based on a formula that takes more factors into consideration, the Italian is the most powerful passport in the entire European continent and third most powerful worldwide, just behind those of Singapore and Japan. <clears throat> Having an Italian passport in 2023 means traveling almost effort-free to the majority of world countries, in particular the world's top travel destinations. 45 countries let Italians enter with only an ID. Italians need a traditional visa for only 28 world countries and can enter completely visa-free in 100 countries. The third good news is about a wonderful annual initiative organized by a wonderful Italian institution, FAI, the Fondo per l'Ambiente Italiano, which translates with Italian Environmental Fund. We just learned the results of the 11th edition of the FAI Luoghi del Cuore, Places of the Hearth, a competition that asks the Italian to vote out of their boundless passion for our cultural heritage, which places are to be saved, saved because in danger of fading into abandonment and, and oblivion. In the last 10 years, FAI has helped saving, restoring and promoting several beautiful abandoned places throughout the whole country. This is by far the most important Italian campaign to raise public awareness of the value of heritage and the need to protect and enhance it. More than 38,000 places have received at least one preference in a, in a preference in a campaign that has among its other merits that of generating its candidates in an absolutely spontaneous way. We're talking about small and large monuments, unpublished and sometimes surprising places and, and stories, remote churches, abandoned or degraded villas and palaces, but also forgotten railroads and historical paths, damaged or threatened natural or rural areas, great architecture, as well as hidden frescoes or museum collections that hand down unmissable local traditions. On the podium this year are the Chiesetta di San Pietro dei Samari in Gallipoli in Puglia, the Museum of the Mysteries in Campobasso in Molise, and the Chiesa di San Giacomo della Vittoria in Alessandria in Piedmont. Now it's all for now, it's all for today. Please excuse the fact that today <laughs> I didn't address only positive things, uh, beautiful things, but uh, what happened uh, in Calabria was awful, absolutely awful, and uh, that's something that all Italy talks about now. So it was uh, the right decision to me to speak about that in this episode of With Italians, With Italian News, sorry. My name is Umberto Mucci, I'll see you next Thursday. Please stay safe. Ciao from Rome.